You're listening to Lloyd's and Lincoln with your hosts, Ramel Lloyd Sr. and Ramel Lloyd Jr. Welcome back to it, Lloyd's and Lincoln. And again, Ramel Lloyd Sr., Ramel Lloyd Jr., Harrison Orange, making it happen. Thank you, Harrison, for doing what you do on a regular, consistent, high-level basis. Greatly appreciate it. Again, 402-464-5685 is the Sarder Heyman text line. If you want to text in, you got questions, or if you're on YouTube and you got questions, if you're on Facebook, you got questions, go ahead and get them in. Uh, from the text line, uh, the, the statement is this, every team uh, has talent and practices hard. What does Nebraska do that sets up the 1% better? Thank you. And this is for, for Ramel Jr. That's a really good question. I mean, I, I feel like most colleges all look for the same things in terms of what they do at, at a high level and consistency. But for us, I would just say it's our um, team camaraderie and just talking. You know, one of our biggest things that we focus on in practices are just talking and being together. So C- Coach Hoiberg is really big on togetherness and just us being in as like playing as one. So just um, being together and our cohesiveness as a team is probably our biggest thing. The the 1% is a Nebraska athletics thing, and I like the fact that co-opted narrative sometimes is actually good for it, right? That if we're, you're just working on getting better every day. Mm-hmm. As I said in the last segment, you got to watch a full year, and the question over the redshirt year, should you have done it, that's a conversation you two will have later on in, in, in future episodes. What I want to know is the what's the most prominent message that – or lesson that you learn sitting at the bench, watching this team, practicing against this team, what did you learn? Well, for me personally, definitely the biggest thing is to never take this game for granted. You know, being able to play my whole life and never had to really sit or or never had significant injuries where I had to sit and wait, you know, just coming here and, and redshirting and, and watching everything every day for a whole year was very challenging for me. So just not taking it for granted, you know, I, I feel like, through this year, I've gained another love for basketball again, and, and it's like I feel like a five-year-old kid again trying to pick up the ball for the first time, you know, just just being back on the court and, you know, just not taking it for granted, you know, it's, it's what I love to do, and it's my life. So just knowing that, you know, realizing that again has been really big for me. A shout-out to Luke on the text line. Luke, great minds think alike. We're literally, he literally asked the same question <laughs> that I just asked. Mm-hmm. So, Luke, shout-out to you. Rock, this was interesting because – in a world of four- and five-star basketball players from California, Nebraska isn't exactly the next off-ramp. Right. <laughs> like, you had to travel a little bit to get to Lincoln. There's right. Mentally, emotionally, game-wise or otherwise. Greatest question of, of the day so far, why Lincoln? Why Nebraska? Um, I, I'll answer it from my standpoint of view. Um you know, I, I guess I can speak for Ramel a little bit because we, we always just handle our uh, family affairs together. Uh, obviously, Ramel has always had the ultimate, the final decision, but we always talk about things as a group. Um, so, you know, we looked at college a little bit more strategic probably than, than the average parent would. Um, there were a bunch of things that came into play when you're talking about uh, style of play. Uh, for Ramel, um, you know, Fred played a little. Fred played a lot more of a up tempo 
game, uh, especially for the Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, they, they slowed down their pace a little bit last year, but still for the Big Ten, they played a little bit different style of pace, and then we felt like it was a pace that um, that Ramel would, would succeed in. Uh, we've noticed that Fred has had big bigger guards over the last uh, couple of seasons, mm-hmm. and they, they've been able to to uh, uh, flourish here. Uh, and, you know, we just I just saw Ramel in a, in a place where he's from – California. He he's been around the big city, the big lights. You know, he's at was at Sierra Canyon where you know star studded team, star studded student body, star fans, uh, yeah, star <laughs> fans. You know, you know all of those things that help prepare for the next level. But uh, we didn't necessarily, you know, need or want that going into college. Um, if it happened, it happened. You know, but at the end of the day, um, people, a lot of people go to schools for the wrong reasons, mm-hmm. right? It's almost like they, they, they pick schools based on their fanfare or how, how they grew up feeling about them or what the colors look like or, yep. you know, things of that nature, you know, and, I, and I'm guilty of it myself, you know, as much as I love Syracuse and Syracuse, when I went, it was, they had just went to the championship uh, and lost to Kentucky the year before I got so there. That's Lawrence Moten in uh, there, right? Uh, no, Lawrence wasn't even there. There was John Wallace and Todd Bergen. Oh, you had – oh. Yeah, so, okay. like, uh, Lawrence was already gone. Yeah. But they had just – my senior year in high school, they went to the championship and they lost to Kentucky. And I'm from New York. I grew up a Syracuse fan. And I almost – just because of my fan, how I felt about the school as a fan, I almost didn't even listen to what the other recruiters was telling me because I already was locked in and going to that school. So – we wanted. I wanted to make sure that my son didn't have that same approach, you know, uh, just going to schools because of some of those things. We wanted to be somewhere uh, where he had the best opportunity to succeed. That's on the court. That's relationship-wise. That's school. That's living situations. I and mean, I haven't even touched on Lincoln as a city mm-hmm. uh, because what most people don't understand is that, yes, you are an athlete and you're a student athlete, but you also have to live <laughs> where you go to school at, right? So so that's even more important. Are you comfortable with the environment? Are you comfortable with the people around you? Are you comfortable with the city? Because the basketball season, as we know, is just a certain amount of time, right? Even though the guys are very busy and they're in the gym a lot. But for the most part, you still have to live. You still have to eat. You still have to be in the community. You still have to drive around. So, so many factors went into why we, why we chose Nebraska, uh, personally for us uh and then also we just felt that the school even though um they they haven't had the type of success that they probably wanted the last couple of years you can see the change in the trend and you can we wanted to be a part of uh rebuilding that um and you know fred and his staff came in and they did a really good job of of showing us how we can contribute or how ramel can contribute uh to building nebraska and you know we had the same vision for his career aligned with what was needed at Nebraska. So, you know, I can go on and on about that. It's, it's, there's more. Well, I mean, which is planting seeds for this this whole season of shows? Because yeah. there's so much to it. There's zero. Like, the, the there are elephants in the room that we'll, we'll get to over the course of, yeah. of, of the year. The, the thing for me is going through the recruiting process. Fans have some image mm-hmm. in their head of what recruiting is like and why players choose the schools they choose. They really do, and they normally off way track, wrong, way off track. way wrong. The things that are important to the player, especially player, if you're from outside of Nebraska, if you're 
game is tailored to different parts of, of what Nebraska mm-hmm. does. And then the idea of playing for a certain coach. Yeah. Because all of those things are fluid and flexible. Yeah. The only consistent in it is the player. That's it. <laughs> like, uh, that's, that's it. the only consistent uh, thing in it. it. And so, Mel, this is probably a little tougher than not. Why Nebraska? For you, why Nebraska? Um, pretty much the same response as my dad. You know, just looking for a coach that believed in me and my game and seen, you know, had the same vision for me as mm-hmm. I did. You know, co- Coach Hoiberg is a great coach, and he, you know, he, he's been at the highest level. He's played at the highest level. He's coached at the highest level. He's been a GM at the highest level. And that's where I want to get to. So I felt like Coach Hoiberg was just the perfect person to help me get there, and I just want to play for him. So that, that was pretty much it for me. You know, obviously, Lincoln's a great city. Uh, I've learned to love Lincoln. Uh, I never – Realize what type of what what a good city he would be when I was being recruited here until mm-hmm. I got here mm-hmm. uh, on my visit and I was looking around. I was like, wow, this is a great place. So I mean, once once I'd seen that and then just built the relationships with the coaches and things like that, I just knew it would be the place for me. You spoke of your vision for you. What is that? Well, for me, I just want to be the best for male possible. You know, I want to be able to go out there and and play my game and, and do certain things that I've always dreamed of doing on the court, especially at this level. So my vision for me is being the best from all possible and going as high as I can with this with this game. Rock, give me give me the coaches. Remove the name and give me the scouting report. Give me that Rock Lloyd eye on the on the talent. Who is Ramel Lloyd Junior as a player? As a player, like I, I always I always say this, you know, and I'm you know, obviously my background, my basketball background can help me validify some of the things I'm saying, but I'm mm-hmm. still his dad. So it's mm-hmm. always, you know, it's always some kind of caution to, to speak about him a certain way. Um, but if people know me, the people that know me know that I'm honest and I'm brutally honest. I don't care if he's my son or not. Like if he, you know, right. You know what I'm saying? But you got something to say? <laughs> I was going to say, if I wasn't good, you would say I wasn't good. I would say he sucks. <laughs> I really would. That is uh, that may be the most true thing said today. I, I would say is he that, sucks. Because <laughs> like, we shoot from total honesty. And that's literally how we get in this, uh, this yeah, space we're in. I would say he sucks. And you know, the, the, the thing I want to add about saying he sucks is... So what? <laughs> right? it, it, listen, sometimes as, as much as we, as much as basketball has been a part of our life yeah. and my life, and has taken me places. I mean, I'm in love with basketball, and so is my son. It's still basketball, right? 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 It's still a minute part of life. So sometimes when you know, if, if he turned out to be something else that didn't play back, I, I wouldn't care. Yeah, it wouldn't son, matter. You know what I mean? I, I really appreciate that. I really do. <laughs> Thank you. So, so that goes back to my point right. of letting you know that I will be honest right. in my assessments. Right. Him, right. Right. So I mean, trust me, we had plenty of nights where we didn't speak for a couple of days after some of these games when he was growing up. Yeah. which probably ain't the right thing to do, but I was pissed. Uh, I you're right, here, right? Like this is what it's like, it's like you weren't even, like you weren't representing you. Yeah, right. like, like that's the thing. Right. So anyway, to get to your question, like I always say that um, a lot of talented players, they're able to always do their thing on the court with with in their own space without affecting the overall game. And I think Ramel's biggest attribute is that if he is playing well personally for himself, whether that's scoring, whether that's a passing, defense, whatever it is, 
it's going to affect the winning. And he's always played that way. I always try to teach him to play the right way, even when he was young. When, you know, when he was young, playing with guys that wasn't as good. You know, when you kids, some kids are playing that's just for fun and whatever right. else. You know, I always would make him make the right pass. I don't care if they fumbled it out of bounds right. or kicked it out. Like, right. Do the right he thing. was taught to play the right way. Right? He's not going to force things and just try to get his off. Or, you know, he understands the flow of the game. He's very mature. And uh, having a great feel is the word that everyone is using for this game. I think mm-hmm. his feel for the game is at a very high level for a young player. And uh, people will get to see that soon. You know, people don't know what they don't know, but they'll see soon. Yeah, it, there, there's so much of that. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> that part. Like, and, I, and, I, and this is when y'all need to be on the stream because the facial expressions in the room are all, like on 10. They're all on 10. There is an, an obvious, a loud, a profound love for the game of basketball. In both of you. Mm-hmm. Rock, where does yours come from? Because it runs downhill and mm-hmm. it lands on Ramel. But where does your love for the game come from? My, you know, my, my love for the game was came from the influence of being uh, growing up in New York City, uh, basically. Uh, when I was young, I, I really didn't play basketball. You know, my first sport was baseball. I loved baseball. You know, I was a pitcher. Then I went into football before basketball. And then a cousin of mine, uh, my older cousin, he started to play basketball. And my friends, who were always older than me, they started migrating to basketball. So I pretty much didn't have anybody to play with anymore. You know, right. Baseball and basketball. football. Everybody's at the basketball court. Right. And I wasn't very good, but I wanted to be with my friends. So I started to go over to the basketball court. And then I found out that I actually had some natural talent. And then I, you know, obviously start falling in love with it and becoming good. You know, anytime you feel like you, you're pretty decent at something, you know, you start to invest more time and more energy in it. And I started to become pretty good. And basketball in New York City is everything, you know. Like, the, peop- the love that I get, I mean, I played a long time ago, obviously, in New York City. And the respect, the love, the admiration, because I'm from New York City playing basketball, it goes, it lasts forever. So, uh, and then, of course, as I got older, basketball has put me in, in, in forums that I would have never reached. You know, I've lived in all over the world. Uh, you know, the kind of feeling that you get when you're in an arena and you're playing in front of 10, 15, 20,000 people on the road and everybody's going against you and you're doing your thing. Like, there's nothing in life that duplicates that for me. Right. So that love, right, and that energy and that competitiveness, uh, all of those things are embodied, embodied in why I love the game, you know. And um, my son, I, fortunately, I had, uh, uh, you know, I was young enough to have my kids where he was still able to catch the tail end of me playing, tail end of me being in gyms. And then even as I transitioned into coaching, um, you know, he was able to naturally pick up. Uh, that enthusiasm and love that I had for the game, and you know, it turned it turned out pretty good for the kid. I think. I recall uh, a couple of different pieces that are available online of you two talking about sitting and watching basketball mm-hmm. together. <laughs> mm-hmm. What What do you get from that now, Mel? What do you get from watching basketball with your dad? Well, me and my dad. I mean, even without basketball, we're just very close. Yeah. So, I mean, it's something we both love, so it just brings us together even more. Uh, you know, I think I'm a basketball genius. He thinks he's a basketball genius. <laughs> How about that? So when we sit there and watch, <laughs> you know, we that? just kind of arguing about certain things or just giving our opinions on things. So right. I'm normally right. But 
that's pretty much what that is. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, I, obviously, we don't watch the game as fans. That's, that's my hardest part now. I, I don't watch it as a fan. I'm like yeah. always – he gets mad at me because I'm always analyzing stuff. I'm like, well, he should make that sub, and that player should do that. He's like, bro, could you just watch the game? Yeah, I, I, look, especially, especially when the Lakers are when losing. The Lake, when LeBron if, is playing. If, yeah. if, if LeBron is playing and, and they're losing and he's doing his coaching stuff, I get upset because I just – I want to watch the game. My team's already losing, and he's just talking, and I don't like it. <laughs> this is why like, that's hilarious that is hilarious we'll throw it to break we'll come back final segment uh it's ramel senior ramel jr lloyd's and lincoln here on 93.7 the ticket